Hey friends, welcome to the Courage Queen podcast. Do you want to have more confidence and courage in your life? Do you often question if you're on the right path? Maybe you're hoping somebody drops off a step-by-step guide for success. Do you wake up ambitious and hopeful, but become fearful and frustrated not knowing where to begin? Another year has gone by and you feel like nothing has changed. Trust me, I've been there. I'm Justine, and like many of you, I'm a young professional with big dreams. I often felt unworthy and incapable, wishing I had the clarity and the peace in the unknown. I wanted to be confident in my abilities and live life with more impact, but I kept fearing I wasn't living out my full potential. It wasn't until I started trusting God, pressing into life's hard moments, I was standing in the way of my breakthrough. And in this podcast, you're going to find ways to increase your confidence, grow your faith, and simply fear less. The good news is you're here, and courage starts with showing up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Courage Queen podcast. This is Justine Wenzel, your host, here for another power couple conversation with my significant other, my husband, Nathan Wenzel. Woo! Have you been preparing this or something? The time is Courage Queen time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Literally, I've been hearing the sound now for the past three minutes, and I'm like, are you paying attention? We've got to get into this interview. Mm -hmm. So it is Valentine's Day weekend, and I thought it was a perfect time to bring my husband on for another Power Couple Conversations, and we're really focusing today on how to silence your inner critic and stop letting fear keep you like being held hostage from what you want to accomplish, and... I feel like Nathan Wenzel, you could speak a lot to this because I don't know if you're really honestly afraid of every, anything except for having like deep intimate conversation with me, honestly. I, you don't strike me as one who has a lot of fear or at least a lot of fear that you talk about. Maybe it's internal. So I just want to first off welcome you to back to the podcast. Everyone always loves hearing your point of view and a guy's perspective. And we're just going to jump into it in a spontaneous, unscripted conversation. Let's go. Thank you very much for having me. Glad to be here. <laughs> You're so business. So tell me, what what do you got in mind here? Tell me some questions. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Nathan Wenzel likes to be prepared, so this will, again, be an interesting conversation, of course. I've been spending hours and hours pre- preparing for this <laughs> no, you conversation. No, you haven't. So let's just jump right in. When was the first time that you felt like an emotion of fear and what was that towards in your life? Like, let's talk about more so as a teen into your adult years. When did you recognize that like fear as an emotion was present for you? Uh, well, I think the first time maybe I experienced that was much like everybody, when everybody experiences fear, it's being inadequate or, uh, you know, not thinking that, that life is going in a certain direction that it needs to be going. Um, I think that a lot of people probably go through that at during adolescence. They're very much um, unsure of themselves, even though they may see like they're seem like they're sure on the outside. There's a lot of stuff that's coming up on the inside, and and it's hard to um, hard to navigate uh, a lot of that stuff. So I think that um, yeah, as you get older and you get more self aware, you you tend to go through levels of different levels of fear and that doesn't stop your entire life and you have to be able to push through that through that and not let it control your life 
Uh, I always uh, look think of um, a little green man who once said, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. That's very, very true. That was, uh, of course, Yoda. And uh, Yoda was very smart. One and of your mentors. <laughs> one of my mentors. We learned a lot from Yoda over the years. Um, and the people that created that created Yoda and they created that the the concept of, of, of everything kind of starts with fear. Um, Anakin Skywalker, his fear of loss, fear of inadequacy, led him down the dark side. And that's that's what happens with a lot of people is that it leads you to to uh, certain certain things that may um, inhibit you from looking at the greater picture. Mm. Um, instead of living in fear all the time, um, uh, you know, you can do what you can, and then you give the rest to God. Do yeah. what you can give the rest to God. I love that. So when, personally, for you, did you experience that? Like, give us, kind of take us back to, like, where you were I think I already answered that life. question. You didn't give us specifics. This I sure a, did. This is such a difficult Nathan Wenzel I told you the, response. I told you in adolescence, probably. Yeah, but, There's like, no specific, a specific memory of, like, I, when I you were in that space. Personally, I can't think of a specific memory <laughs> outside of being spooked by something. I don't know. I can't think of anything truly, uh, like, shocking fear. Or just inadequacy fear. Mm. I can remember, you know, growing up and feeling uh, fear during around middle school and things like that because I wasn't necessarily, um, again, you don't know what, you don't know if you're going in the right direction half the time. Mm. And so you have to get over that and overcome that. I was very much a, uh, a, uh, I would do a lot of things by myself because I was the youngest of 12, of four, I'm sorry, of four kids. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, um, and none of the other, none of the other kids were really around then. So it was just me and the parents. And as great as that was, obviously it was very annoying to be that <laughs> as a young kid. And so you, or like all the attention was on you. Totally. Yeah. So you have a lot of time in your own head in those scenarios. So I would go out, ride my bike and. Every now and again, yeah. play with friends and stuff, but... Do you feel like you took on a lot of, like, seeing, being, like, talking about being the youngest? Because I think people could relate to this. We were actually just talking about this at breakfast this morning, coming back from our little, uh, our getaway this weekend. Do you feel like you could relate to the pressure of feeling like you had to be, like, your other siblings or feeling like you had to stand out? And in what ways did you, what ways, you know, one of the things I always talk about more specifically in this podcast is that... Fear never goes away. It's more so that you give less power to fear in your life, right? Because fear is always there. Like, you're probably still, as as an adult right now, still fearful. So it never really goes away. But how did you, at that time, what were the pressures like? And how were you trying to establish yourself as an individual and find yourself when you had all these influences of people, like, telling you what you were like or knowing and experiencing your other siblings? Uh, well, I knew that I had to be very independent. I think that was a, to be completely honest, I'm sure there were conversations along the way with friends and family and, um, a lot of it was upbringing where, um, I was, I talked, I knew how to talk to adults. So maybe it's something you can do is is 
get out of your comfort zone by talking to other people who can you can relate to or you, maybe you can't relate to people that are 30 years older than you or 40 or you know people that are your senior that you can get a, gather a lot of wisdom from and probably what happens in that again not a psychologist here just kind of winging this whole thing um one of the things that maybe that produces is you can see yourself um you could see that they went through some of the same stuff that you did. Um, even though they may look like they got it all together, there's probably a, hundreds of stories that that you never could fathom would be part of that person's life who, again, seems like they've got it all figured out in, as an adult or somebody your senior. And so maybe actively search those people out. Um, you know, those are mentors, even though you don't, Maybe not. Maybe you won't call them mentors in the moment. When you look back, they probably were mentors to you. Um, find a mentor, and that's important. That's that's an important part about everything. Is if you start to have fear, you could find relatability in other people's um, other people's experiences, and maybe those people's experiences aren't exactly what you're going to do, but it re it reinforces uh, things that you want to do with your life or think directions you want to take in your life. And, uh, um, that's probably where I would start to answer your other question about being the youngest of four. I always thought that I had to, I always wanted to grow up faster than everybody else because I saw, which is not necessarily a good thing, saw what they were doing down the line. And so you're going to be able to live more in the moment with where you're at and, but also, one of the things I tried to do was tried to relate a little bit, a lot more with with them. And again, that's probably just part of where I was in the in the, on the totem pole. I mean, I learned a lot. I think that there are a lot of good things that came out of that because again, I was surrounded by just by a lot more adults growing up, and I learned how to talk to them which helped me learn how to talk to people of all different backgrounds as I got into more of a professional life, learn how to talk to people that were, you know, closer to my siblings ages, learn how to relate with them. So those are good things. So your life journey can be when you're in identifying where you're at in that hierarchy or in that totem pole and the different factors that put you into that situation and, and develop your personality can help you in the long run too, by being able to recognize those things. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think that having, having those mentors and those people that spoke in your life with those loudest voices, because we're kind of talking about like, how do you silence that inner critic? So I kind of have two follow-up questions from that. What, what are some of the things that you felt like for you personally, your inner critic was saying and who in your life had the loudest voices for you and helping you discover who you were so i would say that there were points growing up and even today that i'm not smart enough i don't have enough of the enough of an ability to to uh enough focus or energy to do certain things um that was definitely not not smart enough not 
attractive enough and not, uh, not uh, athletic enough. All these, there's all these things that you, that come into your brain as a as a younger person, and even as you get a, as you become an adult. Like, are you doing it in the right order? Are you doing things? Are you of of what you're doing? Is it is it a good idea to go down this route? It's always a selection of ch- of checks and balances in your brain of which direction you need to take down and being able to say, this is what I'm doing and not wavering from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and not being wishy-washy on what, what you're going to do. If you're going to do something, choose the road and follow, follow it. Sink or swim, sink or swim. People in my life, um, obviously my siblings, my parents, um, my grand, my grandfather, my grandpa Wenzel was a huge influence on my life. We were able to spend a lot of time together growing up. Um, not growing up as a little kid, they would, we would, they would visit obviously. But when I was a 19, 20, 21 year old, I was able to see, spend a lot of time with him and kind of watch how he operated and watch how he moved. He'd seen a lot in life, ask him lots of questions about life and, uh, sometimes get, Answers always had something going on at a, at an older age. I think was beneficial. Hmm. Is there one kind of isolated incident or phrase that he would use that you feel like is still very much of your a part of your life today? Uh, that kind of relates to this. Slow down. Yeah, when I would be going too fast, just, just slow down and think about what I'm telling you. Even though he's very much. His brain probably operates the same way my brain would, where we were trying to get information out, much like this conversation. <laughs> I'm trying to get information out that I can't necessarily um, articulate. So that would, we would butt heads a lot on that stuff. And uh, I think that's a lot of, a, that's a, I think my brothers and sisters and parents are, we're all the same that way, or at least on the, Wenzel side, we do. Got to articulate something. You can't actually get yeah, it like out. You know what you want to say. So but slow down and try it. to think through what you're about to say. Slow down. Try to try to think about critically about what you're, what it is you, what it is that you're fearing. Is it something that is it is it part of the grand big picture or is it just something small that's just in your way? Every every so often you're gonna have a wall that you got to break through, and Everybody goes through it. It's not just isolated to you. Everybody experiences it. What do you feel like are beneficial questions that we could be asking those that are seniors to us to feel more of a sense of confidence of our life path, where we're going? What would be a couple of those questions that you feel like are important to ask? And maybe these are questions that people could, you know, ask somebody who they see as a mentor, someone that they look up to or admire. I would say start with a fun memory to ask somebody a question to get them to get them uh, loosened up and then follow it from there. Think about where you're at right now in your life and then say, what what was your experience when you were going through this? Like, yeah, seeing if there's some relatability to like being transparent with a struggle that you're having or where you're, you know, hitting kind of a roadblock of fear. And then was there a way was there a, a period or situation in your life where you felt that way? And how would you speak to that? Right. What was the time when you felt the fear and you did something anyway? How did you break through? 
Um, I can I can think of an I think I think I can think of a very small occasion is and it happens something that happens all the time. Um, in business or just in life, um, but I can remember whenever I would have a situation when I would be waiting tables years ago, I would, if I was giving bad service or if their, if their dinner just completely was just crap and we knew it and I knew it and I, and nothing went wrong, you know, something was cold or the wrong stuff came out and I, I would own up to the fact that that happened. I would walk up to the table as scary as it would be that they would, you know, would, uh, be mad about something or, and I would just own up and say, listen, I understand that this is not, this was not the best uh, experience for you. Um, I want to make sure that I make it up to you. Please come back next week. I asked for me specifically and I'll make sure your, uh, dinner, I'll make sure your experience is out of this world. So just going up to somebody, uh, owning it and, um, it's, it's sometimes it's hard, it's hard to do that when, you know, you know, it's your fault or if you're in denial that it's your fault, most likely you did something in that scenario to mess up the situation. Yeah. I always love that when you share that story with me, because it really, I think speaks volumes to your character and you could very easily just, somebody could very easily just apologize and say like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Your experience wasn't great, you know, but to go the extra mile to ask to have those people ask for you again and then to kind of put yourself under the fire to now have to rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the more times that these, you know, we get these belief patterns and these thoughts of, you know, am I enough? Am I, um, you know, am I smart enough? Am I good looking enough? Whatever this is, am, am I, you know, am I worthy? Am I incapable of this because of what I'm experiencing. And I often have found that the more times I'm in those scenarios, you know, like when you have those thoughts, the more times you're having those thoughts, the more time, the the stronger that that thought pattern or that wave is strengthened every single time that you have that like reoccurring thought or you're in that situation and you have that thought about yourself again. So I think that, you know, that causes us to be more critical of ourselves when we find that happening more and we're not doing something different. We're not we're not focusing on those micro movements to change the outcome for the next time so that we're less likely to do that again and get in that same way again, because our inner critic really is just a part of ourselves that needs more love and acceptance of like owning a situation and then knowing how to move forward. Yeah. It's feedback. You, if you don't have, if you, you know, if I were to, if I go off for a listing appointment and I don't get the listing, um, I still will call that person as, as much as a, you know, a, the, re the, the rejection is there. I still want to make sure that, and sometimes they give it to me, sometimes they don't, sometimes they don't answer the phone, but at least I made the effort to get, to get in touch with them to find out exactly what, what it was that I did or didn't provide that the other person that the reason why, they, and, you know, oftentimes it's was maybe out of your control, but sometimes you find some real, uh, valuable, um, feedback that you can do better in the future. Yeah. And I think that like when, when we start, I think that that feedback is such like a valuable, important part of it, because again, you have to, it takes courage to ask those type of questions 
And also prepare yourself for the answers that you're going to get, knowing that a lot of times you're not going to like the answers, but if you can dig into that discomfort, that's where the true growth is going to happen so that maybe next time you do land it. Or maybe just even trusting that maybe it wasn't supposed to be your opportunity to begin with. Like maybe they are supposed to be, you know, with somebody else. And so, you know, I think that kind of in closing of this, um, you know, the purpose of our inner critic is not to necessarily ruin our lives, but I think that it originates from things that we learn, like people that are seniors to us, whether it's our parents, um, people that expect our behavior to be a specific way. And then we start kind of almost like downloading that into our brain and we start kind of becoming the inner critic in our own lives. And so I think it's important to kind of understand that and figure out where that comes from, but then also to, you know, accept yourself, love yourself, give yourself that grace and not live in a world that is centered around the stress of you not being enough or, um, you know, you trying to conform just to meet other people's expectations. How do you feel like fear can be a motivator? Uh, fear is a motivational tool. I would redefine that because you don't want to live in fear, but understand where you've been. And with those failures or or with those negative experiences in your life, things that made you fearful, always recognize that that's always going to be part of your life. And that's part of your story. So you're recognizing your fear. You can't get away from it, but you're recognizing that it's there. And you know that I've been here before. I know this is the path I took to get there. I don't want to get to that place again. Yeah. And I think your brain doesn't really know the difference between like good and bad fear. Like, you know, they always use the example of like being out in the wild and, you know, you're afraid of like a bear, right? Mm -hmm. Like fear is, is a good precursor to trying to protect you. So I think that's another thing to look at too, is when we're looking at what are the things that we're fearful of? Our brain might not necessarily know the difference between that good and bad fear, but our brain knows how to protect us. It is like mastered how to protect us from danger, from threat. And so if you can kind of understand like, okay, I'm feeling fear, but this is something that could result in something really great. I'm not getting attacked by a bear. Um, It's not dangerous and something that's going to harm me. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll harm your ego a little bit. But focusing on more of those subconscious fears that no matter what you're trying to work through, you know, you can, you can seek something that is on the other side of, um, of everything that you want, really. Because I don't, I think in order to get everything that you want, it, it doesn't just, it's not just this, you know, walking through wildflowers. It, I think it's on the other side of pressing into that fear and into your purpose and into what you were called to do. I think it requires you to be under the fire and refining you in that way. So as we finish up this conversation, any last thoughts for us, Nathan? Encourage our listeners. Uh, You are the best listeners in the world. And just remember to always move forward and turn off, turn off the garbage that you intake. Hmm. Always intake positive stuff. (laughs) Don't don't watch as much as these 
shows may th- pretend to entertain you, or the social media sites pretend to entertain you, um, turn them off when you, as much as you can. Only yeah. take in little bites because it just, it, these things are designed to point your brain into a different direction than you, than it probably should be going. Naturally, you should be going in what your brain should be going in direct in one direction, learning from all your mistakes, whereas these other sites and and algorithms sources will yeah. will point your direction in where they want your brain to go, hmm. not your own brain, not your own self. So yeah, turn them off as much as you can. I know everybody says that, but it's uh, it's absolutely one hundred percent true. Yeah, Kathy Hulu always said. Anything that is a enemy or a threat to your body or mind is a threat to your potential. Bam. Boom. Mic drop. Let's do this. All right. Nathan Wenzel, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, every time I come onto your podcast, I'm scared as hell. So oh, Okay. <laughs> so this is me conquering my fear. Nathan and... Wenzel's conquering his fear every single time I ask him to be on the podcast because he knows that I'm going to pressure him. To be more vulnerable and open, which goes against everything he believes in. Exactly. <laughs> so if you guys, by. if you guys ever want to hear, if you guys don't hear from me again, I've probably been fired from my regular slot on this. <laughs> so. I think you did great. Thanks for being here, babe. Love All you. right, guys. See you later. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, would you send it to a friend who could be encouraged? Or share it on social and tag me so I could personally thank you for sharing the sweet sauce. For more episodes, check out and subscribe to Courage Queen Podcast, where we share fresh perspectives and stories for people who have the guts to be vulnerable and grow through what they go through. You can also join the conversation on Instagram at Courage Queen Pod. As always, thanks for being here. Courage starts with showing up.